You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good Saturday night, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me, like always, is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, uh, it's great to be here. I'm not going to lie, for a split second when you're like, good Saturday evening, I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> wait, where are we? <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it won't honestly change the logistics of the show all that much, but it did throw me off hearing you say it. I, w- I was not, hadn't prepared myself for that, I guess. But. I think the, the biggest change is going to be our, our live viewership is not going to be what we've been accustomed to so far this season. It's, it's definitely been our most fruitful s- season to date of people watching live. We have uh, multiple dozens, which doesn't sound like a lot for, for a little show that we've done. Uh, you know, when we get into the, uh, I don't know. 30 40 50 people watching just live that's awesome we we yeah. love that and that's why i hate moving the schedule i don't like doing that sometimes it has to happen and this is just one of those weekends uh where it's going to occur we'll be back on sundays from here on out there is a bye week coming up at the at the beginning of november where the team doesn't have a game so we won't have a game that that's revolves around the playoffs that's a that's a district 3 problem you can take it up with them but i also will be in pittsburgh for a wedding so we're not even going to be uh in the same area to do the show but uh we will have a show next sunday uh which is going to be a a good one because i know yeah. it's happening at our normal day and normal time because the nlcs which the phillies are a part of is not occurring next sunday night there is no game that day Hopefully there isn't even game necessary. I was going to say, hopefully, man, maybe they'll have it wrapped up by then. That would be incredible. That would be fantastic. But we will be back next Sunday, which is what? October 22nd, yes. 8.30. And we'll be joined by a few guests. Yeah. Um, some of which will also be very pleased yes. with, with if that is the case. On the other hand, one probably does not want us to bring up baseball at all. So. Yeah. He, he. I think he's moved on. Yeah. He's uh, fully focused on Back on football season now that his beloved mm-hmm. Orioles yeah. have bowed out, unfortunately swept uh, three games to nothing. But we are being joined by Jeff Reinhardt from LancasterOnline.com, Lancaster Sports, and Mike Drago from MikeDragoSports.com, and one of our sponsors here at the Bulldog Hour. They joined us last year during that weird first weekend in November bye week that District 3 6A instituted before the playoffs to line things up better with the state playoffs. But we had them on the show to recap the regular season and preview the upcoming playoffs, which was a lot of fun. It was great to have them both here. Yeah. Mike had been on previously, but to have Jeff here with him, it was a fantastic show. And we're going to have them back. It's at a little bit different time of the year, so we are going to recap most of the regular season, but focus on previewing Week 10, which, in case you haven't heard, that will be Wilson Manheim Township for the Section 1 title, most likely, as long as neither Wilson nor Manheim Township gets tripped up in Week 9. And there's a couple of other great Week 10 games on the slate in almost every section throughout the Lancaster-Lebanon League. Yeah, there's some big ones. So that will be next Sunday night. We'll be joined by Mike and Jeff to talk about the season to date and get ready for the second season, but mostly those big important games happening in week 10 across the entire LL league kudos to the schedule makers. It definitely worked out the last two years. You, know, you yeah. have Exeter man. I'm central in section two. You have, is it Schuylkill Valley Lancaster Catholic? I think for section five, five. Yeah. Um, does why missing play LS that week? I believe they do. So a lot of stuff happening. I know that may not be for this section championship since Wyoming lost to Calico, Calico last week. Plays. But I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I know Cedar Crest plays Lebanon. That's the right, other one I know right. off the top of my head. I um, it, but oh. Garden Spot is probably – is that their game with – that might be their game with – um. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know but sure. I, I think it's at least three of the five sections – 
have a de facto section championship game in week 10. That's, or that's, like, pretty, that's the way it's playing out. That's pretty date. awesome. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, before we recap Wilson's win against Penn Manor, Comets came to Gursky for a week eight throwdown, and Wilson came out on top. 24 to 6 was the final. We do want to thank our season nine sponsors, Bill Mays and Mays Sandwich Shop, as well as White Star Tours. Thank you for being presenting sponsors of the Bulldog Hour here for season nine. And in addition to those two local businesses, we also have the aforementioned Mike Drago at MikeDragoSports.com, the Hop family, Andy Herr, and our five anonymous donors. Thank you very much. We appreciate the support in so many different ways. And sponsorships, advertising, and donations are always welcome and accepted. We do hope you visit BulldogHour.com and continue to subscribe to the show on a variety of podcast platforms and video platforms, including YouTube. That would be great. You can find the Wilson Bulldogs football account on there or check us out at the Joe Mays and JRAF show as well for our other sports content. But then elsewhere around social media, we're everywhere, Facebook, Twitter X, Instagram, um, and you can take care of Justin's favorite thing at those sites. Yeah, like and share. Uh, spread the news. Um, let us know what you like, and that helps us uh – Kind of keep content coming for the show. All right, I'll throw it up there one more time, but we mentioned it a lot already. Next Sunday, October 22nd, 8.30 is our next live show. We will recap the game against McCaskey, preview the game against Mannheim Township with Jeff Reinert and Mike Drago, and talk about just how uh, how lucky we are to have a great slate of Week 10 games across the Lancaster-Lebanon League. All right, schedule up on the screen now, and we're uh, we're, we're on deck. We're We're on deck for the final week. It's crazy. Going down to Lancaster to take on McCaskey this week, Friday, October 20th, against the Red Tornado. A lot of big things coming up <coughs> for the Wilson football program, which yeah. we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely definitely some big things uh, on the horizon. So hopefully uh, you know they can handle their business. We'll talk about that uh, later in the show. So it was a big night last night. At Gursky, because not only was the Bulldogs football team looking for their sixth straight win, sixth win on the season, and continue to stay undefeated in the league with the chance to win the league league title, all that happened. But it was also homecoming. Yeah, it was the annual pink out game, and we saw a new set of former student athletes inducted into the athletic hall of fame. Yep. All great things. I have pictures of again of, those, and I, I already mentioned to you that made me feel old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> having a number of them were in, well, actually, maybe all of them were actually in school when when you I were in, working in the district. Yes, yeah. So it was for football perspective. It was Rodney Hill, who is a current uh, strength performance coach with the University of Arkansas. He was actually there for the official induction pregame but then had to hop on a plane to go fulfill his duties as a coach for a power five football program who hung in there, hung in with Alabama. Alabama yes. The university of Arkansas fell to Alabama, but uh, Rodney Hill was in West lawn uh, last night before heading out to take care of his responsibilities there. Patrick Zerby, a current assistant coach for the football team also inducted. And then there were three other uh, people, Justin at the top of my head, it was uh, Adam Bainbridge, Caitlin, Caitlin Carr, Carr and, and Sarah Deck. Sarah Deck. Yep. So those are your five, all of which have graduated from the class of 2009 through between, was it class of 2012? Like it was like with that, like three or four year. That would be about right. Cause there. I think you have to be out 10 years. Right? Okay. So okay. that would be about right. So yeah. So class of like from the fall of 2008 through like graduation of the class of 2013, that's where I think all five fell in that, that area. Yeah. Uh, so great class inducted and, um, Rodney Hill's family was there on the field at halftime of the game to be there with the other inductees to get uh, get uh, honored at halftime. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, all, I have pictures up from all those events, the, the inductees for the Hall of Fame, the homecoming at halftime, and also the band did their performance, uh, the yes. show, which was fantastic. Yeah, I, I talked it to was really good. I talked to the dad of one of the members today, and I told him how much I enjoyed the show. I thought it was very well done. The new uniforms that they've debuted this year look fantastic. 
And uh, if you didn't get to watch it live, you can check it out at the end of the game stream. I believe Wilson Media Productions was still there from and the booth. Also, to I give think. them to give them a shout out, I believe you could stick around and watch it at the end of Band Panorama this coming. Oh, Saturday. Sound Panorama! Yeah. Yes, this is this coming Sorry, Saturday. Sound Panorama. Yeah. Yep, Sound Panorama is coming up this this coming weekend at Gursky. Yeah. So you can check out the Wilson marching band, Wilson marching unit, as well as their guests there for their annual Sound Panorama coming up. So there's a bunch of pictures from all those events. Uh, pre-game, halftime, and uh, post-game with the band that's on the the photo album that I just posted. So um, one other thing happening, and this is much more personal, but I want to spotlight it because it was awesome, was uh, during the most recent Wilson Education Foundation silent auction uh, fundraiser that happened, I bid and won for my oldest daughter, Natalie, to be an athletic trainer for a day. And I talked to Kiernan about it, and she was invited to join the crew on the sideline last night. And she was there from 4.30 till 10.30. It was a long day for her, but it was a, it was a great one. She had a blast. That's awesome. Uh, you know, it's something that she's at least tangentially interested in in some manner, some facet. She's become very much enamored with sports. And she loves science and medicine. So I was like, this is something you should probably check out. It doesn't mean you have to do it. Right. Uh, you, you know, you don't even have to do it when you're a student. That would be cool. But you don't right. have to. But at least get exposed to different things and, and stuff that's out there. And uh, she had a blast. So thank you very much to Kiernan, Kyle, and crew, especially uh, Cammy. Natalie uh, hung out with Cammy when Kyle and Kiernan were uh, dealing with, uh, you know, what they have to do, deal with on Friday nights. Yeah. Um, and Chase was great. So, yeah, the, the crew was, was excellent from Wilson Sports Medicine. So I appreciate them taking the time, uh, showing her the ropes and welcoming her in. Uh, and she had a blast. So really do appreciate appreciate the uh, foundation and Kiernan for coming up with that. And uh, I'm glad I got to win it. I'm glad she got to uh, partake. It was yeah, that's awesome. Fun. That was a great one. I remember last week, uh, because the game ran so late, we were actually <laughs> found out. Whether or not we yeah, won the right. auctions before we got home, that's right. I did. Um, but like so many cool things uh, to bid on at the through the Ed Foundation silent auction, so that's awesome, and it's all for a great cause because uh, the money goes back to uh, supporting the kids throughout the district. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. It, it was fantastic. Uh, I, I won a few things at the one of the previous auctions. No, like events like that, just right. other other things. But uh, this was very cool, and if it happens again, I'm sure. Uh, I will be checking it out. So appreciate uh, everyone at the Education Foundation and Wilson Sports Medicine for doing that for my daughter. All right. So back to the game at hand, Justin, I I wish we could come on here and say that this was Wilson's best game of the year because we've been waiting now eight weeks to say that. But I don't think we can uh, check that box yet. It was uh, another rough start, a little slow and plodding. It's tough to be too upset when you only give up six points right. and, and it's near the end of the game. Right. But and, and they did – it did end. Like, by the end, you could say, like, yeah, they, they kind of – it was a dominating performance in, in a way, but, like, not in the way that I I would have maybe thought it was going to be. Um, well, to be honest, like, well, we had this conversation a lot and maybe kind of, like, off the air, but, like, that – the Penn Manor Hempfield score from two weeks ago really caught our attention. Like, oh yeah, it caught everyone's for sure. attention. We're we're not unique in that thing. But then, like after watching last week at Hempfield, I'm like, I still was like, how how'd that happen? But then, honestly, through the first part of our game, I'm like, okay, like if they're able to establish that run game, mm-hmm. and you know they make some plays on defense, I can see how they could cause problems for teams. Um. You know, like so, I could I could see where where that maybe came from. Even though maybe in the big picture, if you look at their at their record and things like that for Penn Manor, it, it might not show tons of success. They had three wins in a row coming in. I I can see how, like, okay, yeah, it it could get to a point where it's a little little uh, hairy for some teams, and and like Hemfield, maybe you get maybe you get bit by it, um, but. Um, you know, Wilson had some opportunities to maybe exert some more control on it, but they were able to, they were able to make it like do enough, you know, that, that it wasn't in doubt, but I feel like would have, would have liked to see a more crisp um, performance all around. I feel like doing enough is how these six 
wins have gone. Like, yeah. Wilson's been able to do enough to win the game, or not lose the game, come right. away with the victory, which is all that really matters. But oh, absolutely, for, you know, just to feel good about it. I, I know they don't because I'm there post game right. in the huddle with the coaches and the players and and hearing the you know Coach Dom's talk and then the senior players get together and talk and. I guess the good thing is they're not satisfied. They're not saying, well, that's the best we can do. Absolutely. Which is the best takeaway because you don't ever want a team that thinks they're good enough. You don't, right. good enough is never good enough. Right. Like, what conversation would we be having if, like, we were leaving that game and thought that was the best that we had to offer? Right. You know, but like everyone in, everyone around knows, like, where, where the bar is, where the standard is. And while, while we've been working to get there, you know, I I don't think there's anyone that would argue we're we're there yet. And now the good thing is we've gotten what is it, six in a row now? Six wins in a row. We've yeah. gotten six in a row and we still haven't met that peak. Right. You know? But we're also getting to that time where the witching hour. We're gonna need to peak. Right? Like you don't wanna you don't wanna get to a point where you're wondering what what could have been right. You want to get to the point where look, we got to the point we maximized what we had to give and that we got as far as we could get, you know, like whatever that means, whether that's league title, whether that's district titles, whether that's a state run, you know, like what, whatever that is every year, every team wants to peak at the right time and, and make that run to see where do we really stand? You know, and we talk about it. there's teams who don't ever get there, and there's teams who got there in September, and then things kind of spiraled after that. Like so, you know, I that I'm trying. I think that is a real bright spot for this team. Yet is that man? If because it's so close. Like, and I honestly looking at the Penn Manor game, I think it was really close to being more what I thought it was going to be. You know, there were a couple really close plays or this or that, you know. And it, if they can get that to click, man, it'll it'll be real interesting to see how things go if they can get it to be where, where I th- I think and believe this team can get. Right. And and the good news is like I I don't know. I still feel like I I don't know. I I just I believe maybe maybe that's the optimist in me. No, but, well, that's but, we're always, but th- yeah. I think that's what we're we're holding out hope for is that we see a complete game from the offense, even special teams, all at once, all at the same time, that they're engaged and focused and can take care of business the way we know that they can. Oh, absolutely, the, the promise that they've shown. Yep, and and honestly, the glimpses we've seen. Right, we've seen. So it's not. It's not. Phases. It's not wishing. Right. It's it's not like we're wishing for something that we haven't seen. We've seen glimpses of all of the aspects that we feel like we need to see from the team. We've seen glimpses of it at some key times, man, if you, they can put all of those pieces together, whew, yep. it, it could be a, it could be a fun, it fun ride fun, through fun, November, fun November. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see what happens here, but so and, we'll, and more bulldog hours. <laughs> yeah. So we, we said we'd love to get to 20 in a season. Well, right now we're only at 13. So I don't know if that's possible or not. We'll get uh, at least to 16. Oh, if there weren't weddings in November. If there weren't weddings in November. married in November? <laughs> no weddings in September, October, and November. Off limits. Yeah, Jeez. Well, would, somebody um, would not be a good planner to do that. So Wilson wins 24 to 6. Some statistics. Wilson doubled up Penn Manor in first downs, 18 to 9. So this is where it looks like yeah. a dominating yeah, win. exactly. The Bulldogs held Penn Manor a run first run second, and probably run third team to 95 net yards rushing. They got to 71 yards passing, and I think almost all of that came on the final drive. Wilson, in turn, had 167 net yards rushing and 188 net yards passing. So Wilson, what, doubled up them in terms of uh, output? 166 to 355? So, like, I don't have the total breakdown, but... 89 of Penn Manor's yards came on their last drive. Yeah. So, like... 89 of the 166. Right. So, that's what? Half. 77 yards they had before right. that. Right. Well, and you know what? I, and maybe it, it colored the viewpoint of everyone because the 
first quarter wasn't ideal. Mostly right. because they had the ball for for basically two to three. They had it for seven, over seven minutes. Right. Penn Manor did. And Wilson kind of once again bent but didn't break. Right. But it, it kind of colored the view of the game because they didn't get a three and out. Like I feel like whenever the time the defense starts, you're like, all right, we need to get them off the field. And well, it didn't happen and, quickly and enough. You quick compare enough. that with it was kind of like the reverse of last week's start, right? Honestly, right, it was yeah. kind of the reverse of last week's game. So like last uh, week the second half felt pretty similar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Um but like if you look at it, we jumped out to the twenty one nothing lead last week and it was like, oh man, the route is on. And yeah. then it wasn't really a route, but it also wasn't really in question. No, you're right. You're absolutely And then right. this week and we didn't get out to the hot start, but you look down in the like third quarter, you're like, oh it's twenty four nothing. Right. <laughs> this team that can't throw the ball like in mass, oh, we've got this thing locked up. You know, like right. it and I know that that that's not actually how it works. And honestly, that's not even really how my brain works. Like no. my sports brain if is generally like, us, what could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but how like, are we going to lose this game? <laughs> it's twenty-four nothing with thirty seconds to play. I still don't think we've won. Right. It's just going to be the worst when it's the only time it's happened. Uh, like being like, up twenty-nine to nothing. Oh my gosh! I couldn't believe that when I saw that this morning. But yeah, let's so like there were there were almost like mirrored games, like the opposites. Um, they were opposite, but the same. In yes, a few, in a few yes. ways. Yes. So, or as as the saying used to go, the people used to say same difference, same, same difference. difference, same difference. So, then there are no turnovers in the game by either team. No interceptions. Two weeks in a row for us. No fumbles for yeah, us. Great for us. for us. Yes, that's that's that is a great. Trip. There were, I think, at least two, maybe three, dropped interceptions by us that that we should have intercepted yes. the pass yes there are at least two that i know of for sure that i thought we had it and i think actually one our two teammates like inadvertently yeah. not like i'm taking the ball yeah. no i'm taking the ball they just they, they ran into Again, each other and knocked there, it down. there were a number of plays where it was really hard from my angle to tell what happened i thought eddie had picked it on the on the one across I, the middle. I, I I saw it happen, but I didn't know if it hit the ground or not. Right, right. I think that was what the right, in question. Right. And I honestly feel like that might have been the closest one. Um I think yeah. Jackson's there near, oh, I yes, think near yes, the end. Yes. He yes. had one near midfield that yeah. I thought he was gonna grab. Um but yeah, like so like some of those, but I look back and again to talk about kind of to tie into some of the things we talked about. You know, you go back a few more weeks and the defense like at uh Cedarcrest or Mifflin, how the defense made the stops to win the games, you know, like, so like there have been flashes of all this stuff and, and when we put it together, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So a couple other numbers to throw out you team wise, uh, the good six of 13 on third downs, not terrible. No. I, I'm, I'll take that near, right. not quite 50. Yeah, I was going to be like, if you can be over half, not quite um, six of 13 and two of two on fourth down. That's great. That's really good. Um, now, Penn Manor did convert their one fourth down. Uh, they were one of one, but defense held them to two of nine on third down, so that was huge. Wilson only got the one sack, and Tommy was under pressure most of the night. He was sacked three times. Uh, as you'll see as we continue talking there, he had another big game, kept plays alive, using his feet more than his arm this night. But the last thing I want to talk about here is, and we're not going to dwell on this or a, a specific incident like last week but penalties 26 accepted penalties in the game right 11 against Penn Manor for 134 yards 15 against the Bulldogs for 144 yards and yeah. and maybe we could just echo what coach Dom said afterwards you're going to get what you perceive as bad calls maybe maybe you know obviously Penn Manor didn't think they were bad calls or maybe they did. Although, they're like, we there, got lucky there. There were times during the game where both sides were yelling like, at the officials. Okay, what are we doing here? Right. Or that was a holding. That wasn't a holding. That's right. going to happen. Uh, one, every game. It, and Every game, every level, all the time. And at least at no point did we have to wait three minutes for them to give the ball back to the other team after a turnover. That didn't happen in this game. No, no setting up the chains then. No, nothing, like, nothing right. like that. But. And what the the penalties that Coach Doms was most mad at had nothing to do with the referees. Yep. It was about the the players. Right. They need to be focused and under control. And right. too often they weren't, or at least the refs thought they were going too far. And this is for both teams. That's why yes. the penalties yes. are up there. Right. They were calling it both ways, but yes. obviously Coach Doms was mad about some of the Wilson players 
not staying cool. Right. And and hurting the team because of it. And he was quite angry about that after right. the game. Um, but yeah, 26 accepted penalties for 278 yards. Adds. And that made the second half drag on. Right. It was unfortunate. Uh, and a damper on the game. Uh, but yeah, I, I know two-hour, forty-three-minute game. Again, yeah. What, what was it last week? Like three hundred three or something ridiculous. Oh, that was absurd. Uh, so individual stats: Tommy Hunziker <laughs> rushed nineteen times for one hundred and nineteen yards and two touchdowns. Um, Coral Aikens had the second most number of carries at, at eight for seventeen yards, and he did get in the end zone. But Monty Greer had the second highest number of yards gained. He had three carries for 28 yards on the night. And I thought we were getting close to Monty possibly getting in the end zone there yeah. uh, towards the end of the game. Didn't happen yet, but we're looking forward to that as he is one of uh, a couple of freshmen that played huge roles in the game last yeah, night. EJ, EJ. Most of the second half. In, yeah, but made linebacker. some big tackles. And I one distinctly sticks out because they were running kind of like that dive play a little bit. And they had some success. So we we had some success on it too. I think of like Jack going through one time and just drilling a kid, but like I, there was one where the kid got low, but EJ got lower and the, it was like stopped momentum. Yeah. It, there was a pop right there in the hole. So that, you know, and again, when you think like this isn't to downplay it, but like, it doesn't surprise me when I see Jack make a play like that, you know, cause like we've been watching him make varsity plays for four years. Right. Exactly. But like when you, Get a ninth grader in there who can make a play against a high school kid. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So, so Monty Greer and, uh, yeah, playing a big yeah. role. EJ Brownback getting his chance and playing and a nice role in the second half. And Mike, Michael, Glover, Michael Glover, who's been playing uh, mostly on defense, occasionally offense and special right. teams for right. sure. But making his name on defense, he had a sack last week at Hempfield. Uh, I also do believe that today is his birthday. So oh, happy uh, birthday, yeah. Michael Glover. Uh, I, one of the th- uh, three big impact freshmen playing meaningful snaps for the Bulldogs, and we'll be watching their careers with great interest over the next uh, three years as well. Passing Tommy Hunziker, only only Wilson Bulldog to attempt to pass. He was 16 of 27 for 188 yards. Receiving-wise, both Edison Case and Austin Valukiewicz hauled in five passes for 56 yards. That's pretty cool. I, I know Austin had a touchdown for a moment. And he's yeah. the he's one of the, the starting receivers that hasn't pulled down a touchdown pass yet this year, and then it got negated by a penalty. I did love how PA announcer... <laughs> uh, Kevin Venino was and and for either team it didn't matter who the right. penalty was on he would just say and another penalty <laughs> that, that's what every, like yeah yeah it was you, I, I don't I'm not no, going back to no, the week no, one no, game no, talking no. about that no, you used not. all your blood pressure pills uh, last yeah, week he's right I did <laughs> um, uh, Ben Rodder um, had a few field goals attempts. He made one in the fourth quarter to stretch the lead to twenty four nothing. I thought he made his first one. Like again, it was super close. And and forty yards too. Again, I don't have a great angle. It, I'm not sure the guy making the call had a great angle because he was moving like to try and uh, see, see. I like, was up the thing close to where he was, and I thought I saw the same thing as he did that it was wide left. Okay. It was high enough, definitely right. high enough because right. it was over the goal. Well, post. and that's and I said to you, I feel like that hurt the the visual aspect of it because like sometimes you can see oh it it was you know i saw the ball and didn't see the goal post so like i know it was between yeah. me and the goal post. yeah you would have had a tough right, time like, seeing that right so like when it's above it i can't i can't no, tell from the, where i'm at from my angle i thought it was a hair wide okay and okay. it wasn't and that close enough that i think well it might have hit the crossbar and bounced in if the cross or if the uh the posts were high right. enough but i do think it was wide enough left that it was, that was the right call that was a 40 yard it was a 40 yard and he, and he oh yeah that is <laughs> If it was angled properly, yeah, yeah, that one that would have been good from 50, right? Like, he boomed that one. That was the end. Joey Julius hit his big, you know, <laughs> oh, God. I, why is his name brought up again? <laughs> I brought his name up with uh, coach, coach Wolbers, both of them yesterday because it will never leave us. We, uh, we, we know that that will well, never leave us. You know us. what? I talked about the uh, school Valley kicker from our game yesterday. I was talking about him a big, bunch since biggest, Thursday too. Biggest kid on the field, and he was only kicking and punting, but he could well, kick they, and punt the ball. Yeah, middle school kid kicking inside the 10. And then right? Coach, Coach Wolber said, just like 99 at Penn State, I thought he was talking about Joey Julius, and I was like, man, I'm surprised you want to bring up that name with what happened here in 2013. And he was like, I meant the guy now. I, <laughs> but thanks. But yeah, but thanks for bringing that up. Um all right. Oh, so, man, we're full of tangents. Tonight. Oh, yeah, Sorry. all over the place. Yeah, I'm good all right. for that. <laughs> Defensive statistics. Adam Woods 
led the way with four and a half total tackles. Logan Kurzweig next with four. A uh, few guys had tackles for losses, including Ryan McMillan, Jack Dendel, Christo Hunziker, EJ Brownback, Cam Zulinger, Austin Valukiewicz, uh, and Hunziker and Zulinger shale shared the sack on the night. So, Justin, I know there's probably a bunch of people yelling. It needs to go to someone else. Don't pick on the same person all the time. But if you were watching the game last night, I feel like the only direction we can go after the shutout was lost right. is to the direction of, once again, the Wilson quarterback, Tommy right. Hunziker, because uh, he was the, the offense almost the entire night, by and large. 16 of 27 passing for 188 yards. No touchdowns, but also no turnovers. And he ended up having 19 rushes for 119 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, he was uh, he was the guy again getting it done. Yeah, and and like like we've said, like everyone says, like it. Tommy's Tommy's finding a lot of success, but it's because of the contributions we talked about. Austin and Eddie both have five receptions for 56 yards. You know, like it takes a team. Uh, Carell had some key runs, even though he wasn't like get, you know, he wasn't getting like 25 carries or anything, but like he had some key runs and he got it in the end zone. Right. Like it's just kind of the way it just it the way goes. the game played out. Right. The way it, it plays out. Um, and Justin and I were both thinking the same way that as the clock yeah, I know. drove down, we were like, I'm going to get that shutout. Right. I was like, shutout. And, and it's like, we'll get oh, the, we, defense, defense, player of the week right. to the defense. Got to get that shutout. You know, everyone's excited about that. And then someone from the stands was yelling, you want that pizza? <laughs> they know. They know they get the pizza and they, they didn't get the pizza. Uh, we got uh-uh, we got some chats coming in oh, now. Oh, gosh. Um, Okay, so I think you asked about this. I did, I did. So the question comes from Thomas Deeds on YouTube. Why at the end of the half there was a penalty on Penn Manor, but they didn't mark it off and have it untimed down? So I believe the explanation given to Coach Doms was that it happened basically when the play was over completely, like it, that the time had run out, it was over, everything was completely dead, and then the penalty happened. So according to that, it starts – the next half, it's right. not in because a half can't end on a penalty. But if the half has already, but ended, if the play has ended, the, right. but so, but I have a couple things I'd like to bring up about that specifically. I'm going to put this out there. I'm not going to have the answer. No, to no, this. no, no, no. But oh, I think it was called because he slid into Ben. Right, I, I think that's what was called. See, I don't know because they don't. They didn't. They just said personal foul. Right. They didn't. They didn't say what it was. So I don't know if, it, if he said something yeah, after. But if he said something after the play. 100%. Right. If it's for him sliding into Ben, I find it hard to believe that he slid into Ben after the right. so-called the, whistle because no, it was a 40-yard right. field goal that we already mentioned went over the upright for all intents and purposes. When the, wasn't this the second field goal? At the end of the half? When did he try the second one? I don't know. I thought... No, I closed the stats. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't, I don't so, want to derail you. So, but no, you're right. You're right. If it right. was for running into the kicker, the we should have gotten another play. Right. Because if it's not, then that means... Because this was, this was the question that this led me to. So you're telling me if we have a, a kick to, at the end of the game to tie right. or to win the game, that you should absolutely rough the kicker because it, right. doesn't, it doesn't matter doesn't and they don't get to... But that also brings me to... What if that happens at the end of the game and there is an unsportsmanlike or personal foul or whatever? Wouldn't you get? Wouldn't so? There's no penalty. Like essentially, right. there's no penalty because if, like, let's say that was for us to tie the game, so we and and we miss and so the game is over, and they're like, oh well, that would have been in overtime. You would have gotten the penalty, but like it was after the whistle, so it doesn't matter now. Yeah, I, I'm very confused on that, and that's something we probably would have to ask coach doms about he right. did, i don't think he fought it that hard it didn't seem like like it no. seemed like he accepted it right and maybe right. it was one of those and, the kid and, said something right i because that was clearly happening all night right. long both sides were getting flagged for uh for for talking so yeah um i i do not have an answer unfortunately thomas but that's what i heard from down on the field was that it occurred like the half was there and then something happened and instead of getting to run another play it was going to be addressed the start of the second half but you bring up a great point about what would that have ha- right. and happened I, I don't I don't mean do that do? as in like that I I know I'm right cuz like I don't know it just that seems like a flaw if if it was for the sliding into the kicker how is that not part of the play right if it's for something he said 
okay, that makes honestly that makes a lot of sense to me than it was after the play. But, but again, if it's at the end of the game, and if they but if they didn't call roughing the kicker, what was the kid saying? Like you know, like if anything, if it wasn't roughing the kicker, I would have assumed it was one of our kids complaining about it not being roughing the yeah, kicker. Yeah, I, I don't I, like. I, I wish I knew, but but I don't. Then, so yeah, and this is the we're still at the edge of that rabbit hole, so we're gonna just yeah, hop over gonna, and keep we're going. Gonna shift. Right. We're gonna shift directions now, and uh, hey, we have some <laughs> some interviews. We haven't had them for a while just because of extenuating circumstances. Like a three-hour game. <laughs> like a long, long game. Um, so we uh, didn't talk to any players, though, but we talked to two coaches. Yeah. Uh, well, two also, important coaches. It was a different, it was a different uh, situation because of sticking around for the band last night, too. So right. we were able to get the coaches. Yeah, we, uh, we watched the band performance, which you heard Justin and I say was fantastic. And then we interviewed offensive coordinator Jeremy Palm and defensive coordinator Ernie Walber. And you're going to hear from Coach Palm right now all right here we are post game after wilson's sixth victory this year with us is offense coordinator jeremy palm twice in one year jeremy that that's pretty good for us this is a record you guys pull some strings i appreciate all you guys do for us so <laughs> figure i could uh, help out a little bit well we don't want to keep you i know we have a lot going on tonight homecoming athletic hall of fame we just listened to a great band performance uh Tell us, tell us where we're at. Where are we at here in the Wilson season after eight games? What does it look like going forward? Well, we, you know, we were taking taking good steps and making good progress. And tonight, kind of hit the brakes on that a little bit. But uh, you know, the kids are coming. They're showing up every day. They're battling. They're giving us everything they have. You just got to clean up on some things yet. So I think the biggest thing that people have been talking about is the play of Tommy Hunziker. He's uh, taking it to another level this year. Uh, tell us about Tommy. What has it been like to, to work with him over the last couple of years, and especially his improvement this year? When you talk about Wilson football, you talk about like tradition and what it was founded on, and uh, he is one of those guys. He is one of those guys that's done all those things from the hard work, the blood, the sweat, the tears. He's been an amazing leader, doesn't miss a beat, doesn't miss a thing. He's in, he's at everything, uh, never has an excuse, throws an interception. He goes, I know, like I, I, I should have saw this guy or I didn't get enough on it. He's just amazing. His play uh, speaks for itself. Every Friday night when we walk through the line, the opposing team's coaches go, man, that kid's a stud. You know, so it's just been awesome. Um, and uh, I saw it coming. You know, from that Harrisburg game last year, you you knew you knew you saw just because of what kind of kid he was that that's that's the step he was going to take. I don't know if I knew he took it take it with this far, but it's been pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, he's been a gamer. He's having a great year. Uh, I didn't get to look at the stats. You know, uh, Joe Peterson handed them to me, but you know, Tommy's been on a roll and he's going to be pushing some uh, individual single season records uh, here as a, for Wilson quarterbacks, which you know a thing or two about. But. Um, so tonight at the Athletic Hall of Fame, two former Wilson football players, both of you, you got to coach, uh, Pat Zerby, Rodney Hill, in the class now. Uh, can you take us back to 2008 and what was it like around that championship team featuring those two guys? Again, just dudes, man. They were awesome. They were hard-nosed uh, weight room guys. You know, back to, back to again, old school Wilson football. Um, when, you, when you played them, you walked off the field and you knew it afterwards. So great guys, uh, doing great things still. Uh, Rodney came in and spoke to the group today so uh, before he accepted his uh, Hall of Fame award so that was awesome great things for him um, you know Pat Pat's been around so you know we kind of get that on the regular so that's pretty awesome both just awesome awesome Bulldogs. yeah it's uh, it's great that Rodney was able to come in for the uh, you know the, the, the big ceremony before the game had to hop on a plane though to do his job for the University of Arkansas Pat, coaching now, awesome. It's always great to have Bulldogs back here with us. Uh, I, we don't want to keep much longer. Last thing is, uh, last week you got 200 wins. I know there's like maybe an asterisk there, depending on when you qualify, the starting date. But we previously congratulated you on 150 a few years ago based on that start date. So that's what we went with. So congratulations on 200 wins. And as a token of our appreciation, we got you your very own custom right. 200 victory for Coach Jeremy Palm last week got the 200. 201 tonight, though, and I'm sure that one feels just as good as number 200. It ab absolutely does. There's a lot of great kids uh, along the way, a lot of great coaches, um, and uh, just happy to be a part of the program. I'm glad, glad I can I could be here, be back as a blue All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and good right. luck the rest of the season. Thank you. All right. Go. All right. 
You cut off Go Bulldogs. I know. Well, I didn't know he was going with Go Bulldogs. Hey. And then, so I just wasn't going to bring it up. I didn't totally need a new videographer, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I dropped Just not cutting it. You know, my, my dad was there, too. Maybe we'll have to get him to handle the electronics if you can't, because he took this great picture of us with Coach Palm after the game. Uh Giving him the football from Jamie, the ball girl. The best. Has, everyone's need, familiar with her work. Stuff, it's the best. Yeah, I believe so. This is the fifth football I think okay. I, we, or the Tradition Club have commissioned from her. She's we got the best. two behind me. You can kind of see right here above my thumb. That's the uh, the Bulldog Hour one here for the show. And then there's a 75th season football behind my big head here on the screen. But we also just presented one to Chad Henney a month ago. We, I've also had one made for Coach Doms for his, when he broke Coach Gursky's, uh, wins as head coach. We gave one to Coach Wolber four years ago, I believe, at Penn Manor, a night we got to eat at the Sugar Bowl, which now been a year since that's happened, Justin. Hopefully, when this new schedule comes out, we're not hosting Penn Manor again next year and have to wait even longer. Yeah, it, it takes a lot for us to not hope for a home game. Right. Yes. Especially when the option is going to Millersville, which is kind of a pain in yeah, the butt. Yeah, it's kind of a pain, to. but you know, it is what it is. But now but we, we, the Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl, yeah, <laughs> we love it. So we uh gave this one that's on the screen now if you're watching to Coach Palm last night. Again, Jamie, the ball girl, find her on social media, check out her website. If you need uh custom sports balls, not just football, she does everything. Yeah. She said field hockey sticks, field hockey balls, baseballs, softballs, basketballs, pretty much everything she can do it. It's incredible work. They look great. And uh, hopefully everyone that we've given them to we did uh, one for we did one for my son for my son for Colton's first birthday we had one oh nice Colton's birth and then everyone signed like the, oh that's so cool. it's like the one the first the like front panel I say front it's a ball but like the one panel is like you know Colton's first birthday or whatever but on the back like everyone signed it like on yeah. on like a blank panel it was oh, that's it was cool. awesome yeah yeah so it was great to talk with Jeremy you know he always has great things to say yeah um well like and we you know just. Being able to like talk to them and it, you know, like we said, we we are much more uh, talkative with the coaches and everything. Yeah. <laughs> after wins, after losses, we just kind of yeah, we kind of move on. We but, find our space. Yeah, but like it was great though because we got to track down Jeremy right after the game, but before the band played, talked to yes. him a little bit, and we said, "Hey, can we interview you?" And we talked a bit about the game before the band performed, and we actually recorded. Uh, it was great because he was he was raving about the kids and their, and their performance and how how proud he is of them to date and how much better they've gotten. But he also talked about the potential right, that they have right. to like, reach, and he's excited to see them do that over the next two. Yeah, weeks. similar to the conversation we had earlier um, about how like man, if if we can just put it all together, yeah, you know, those are those are the same. That's not just us like saying that. That's a lot of people in around here, and like you and we've seen the glimpses of it. And like you said, they've they've come so far. Um, so it, it's cool because again, if, if you and I were, if we were talking to the coaches or we were talking to the players and they're like, yeah, this is, you know, we're at that spot. Then I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but like, they're not, they know that they're continuing to get better and yeah. to hear, to hear them and the, and the coaches and everyone talk about that and talk about the progress that everyone's made is, is what kind of gives me that confidence that we're, right. we're still exactly. we're still doing it. Yeah, and that's why I always wish that the mics were rolling at all times for us to capture everything. Yes. Because um, Jeremy talked about at length uh, how tough the offensive line is. Yeah. And that they're gelling now that they're back together healthy. Well, well which that's was another... a missing piece the right. first month of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, when you, when you get to... And, and I know we talked about it a bunch last week because there was a lot there, but yeah, like getting those guys back and, and he, when you keep, when you keep it in, when you keep it like in perspective, like, yeah, like we're only a few games into having all those guys there, you know? Right. So that, that can be exciting as well. All right. So we're going to move on to defensive coordinator, Ernie Wolver. We talked to him. After the game as well, hadn't talked to him, I think, since the preseason. So it was good to catch up with Coach Wolber. And we got to ask him a few questions about uh, the Wilson football team as he's seen it over the first eight weeks of the season. So let's take a listen to that right now. 
All right, joining us now post-game after Wilson's sixth victory is defensive coordinator Ernie Walber. Coach, we haven't gotten to talk to you since, I think, the preseason. It's been a little bit of a while. Uh, but tell us, where are we at now in this season with uh, the defense and expectations? Uh, there's a few few weeks left. A few. Um, we're getting better. Uh, we're still where we want to be. Um, we had a big talk this week about just being okay. Life's okay sometimes, but it's not okay to be just okay all the time. So it's a matter of be more than okay, you know. Um, I've been married to my wife for 38 years, I think, and 39 maybe. Is that right? All right. Anyway, so um, been a wife. We married her for 39 years of our marriage was just okay. You know, I mean, I love her to death, and that's why we're together because sometimes things are more important than being okay. And I think these young men got to understand you can't go life through life being okay. You want more than that out of life. I mean, your life's better than okay, right? Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't be satisfied if my life was okay, and that's what we're trying to get them. It's not okay to be okay. Expect more of yourselves. So that's kind of where we're building from. Who has been the biggest surprise for you so far? Someone that's, that's stepped up and made a bigger impact maybe than you expected? Um, Austin Vajikavich has been, he's committed this year. He played a little bit as a linebacker. and Got the linebacker neck roll in there. Oh, yeah, I call him Steve Grove. It's a big stick neck. But um, from the 70s, you guys might know the old guys. But, uh, but, no, yeah, he does a great job. He just he committed this year with a little different attitude, more physical, and he's ready to mix it up. And he's he out there. He mixes it up quite a bit. He's having a great year for us. Um, and some of the young guys, like Michael Glover, ninth grader, just you know, playing great. Z Zulinger playing defensive end, playing great. Tonight we had another freshman, um, EJ came in and played middle linebacker when uh, Ryan McMillan got hurt. So the young guys are starting to fit in, and it's going to make us a better football team. We're all going to play out tonight. What was it like for your defense a few weeks back to get Edison Case back there at the safety position? Huge. We try, I mean, Jackson uh, Wagner's back there, and he did really well. But Eddie just has played back there for three years. He knows things that we don't coach. You know, things that we've seen two years ago, three years ago, he can make adjustments, like, on a dime. And him and Woodsy working together work together so well. They complement each other very well. And they know what each other's going to do. So they have each other's back. So it works out. Edison has made us a better defense football team. You've uh, been with the Wilson football program for a long time now. Uh, how many years are we at coaching now? 24? I don't know. Somewhere in that area. And I don't have any wins I have either. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going to focus on the personal. We, you know, we just talked to Coach Palm. Okay. We congratulated him on 200 last week. Uh, I have too many losses. But, but I, <laughs> I know, and those are the ones that eat away at you. But tonight was the program's 599th win. Oh, that's awesome. So we're on deck for 600 next week at McCaskey, which coincidentally 10 years ago we won 500 at McCaskey. I didn't know that. So a little bit of a, you know, everything's coming full circle again. But uh, just speak about the – we inducted two new members to the Flair Hall of Fame, two new football players, mm -hmm. three other uh, accomplished stu former mm -hmm. student athletes here. But Pat Zerby and Rodney Hill, who you got to coach a few years ago. But talk – just – so what's the program mean to you, I guess, as we embark on 600 wins? Um, it, it's kind of in, it, it, it's kind of my life. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you know, when you grow up as a young kid and you come up, I used to come to games in, in elementary school, and it was like coming to Wilson football was the greatest thing. I'd work on Saturday afternoon, you'd play football back here in the dirt, and you'd figure <laughs> you did the same thing. Um, and it was something big, and I came up, and I'm like, wow, this is something bigger than I thought it was. I mean, I was only in elementary school, and slowly started to grow. And it's once you're part of it, being coach of John Gersky, who is such an influence in my life, and Coach Doms and Coach Slemmer, who were here, and they were a big influence in my life. And now coming back here and being part of it for 20 some odd years, it feels like I've been here forever, like I've never left. Um, but it's an awesome feeling, part of something so special. It's bigger than football. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than this field. It's, it's just, it, it, it's a family. And I talked to players who graduated 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever, and. To this day, like tonight, I saw some guys that I haven't seen in 20 years, and it's just automatic. There's a brotherhood, and it's just we expect so much out of each other. And out in the real world, sometimes you need friends out there. And if you, nobody knows you went through Wilson football for three years, they know you paid the price. They know what you did to accomplish that feat. So you can go so much more in life with that, knowing those guys are in your corner. And just going through what we expect of our kids, not only academically, but behavioral-wise. Um, just being socially acceptable, being being doing the right things in public, being a good person. And it all comes along with it. Like I said, my life, I mean, everything I look at in my life, I look as a coach, as an athlete, I, can, I try to compare, I'm sorry, I try to prepare for everything. And in life, if I don't prepare, I feel like I'm going unprepared. I don't know what's going to happen. So I just I prepare everything as being a football coach or football player. How do I achieve this to get to my goal? And you have to put things in order and work yourself to get to that goal. And that's what Wilson football's done. And I'm just trying to pass it on to young guys. It's such a big influence on me and you, obviously. And sorry you were at Columbia, but, <laughs> but it's such a big influence in my life. And these kids got to know the impact of that.
and I saw Rosa. Remember uh, yeah, Austin, Austin Rosa? Yeah. So I saw Rosa Summer. He said, you know what, Coach? If I was more mature as, an, as, as a high school kid, we would have shut everybody out. So I'd just listen to you. But I'm too, we were too immature to understand that. Yeah. And hopefully prepare them better for life. That's what I want. I want to win games. I hate losing. I'm the worst loser in the world. However, if you're a better person when you leave here, I did my job. It'd be wonderful if they would all take those messages to heart at the time. But yes. if you're going to come back and say it, at least yes. you know they were listening. They were listening. And you know what? And some of the people use that to be successful in whatever life they choose to go to. Perfectly said. So we'll celebrate 600 wins here in the next few weeks, possibly at McCaskey next week. We'll see. Uh, last thing, though, four years ago yesterday, we hosted our 75th season celebration with the alumni flag football game. I know there's been talk about it. It's happening again next year for the 80th that, season. It It'll be that. open to anyone. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, make sure that uh, Wolver and Wolver will be participating in the game next year. Uh, it's going to happen. I will make sure that that happens. No in problem. In some way. Buddy. Maybe in some you don't way. want to play, in but we'll capacity, get you there. Right? In some capacity, we'll make yes. sure you're involved. So. I will glad to do that. All right. Well, thanks for talking to us. Thank and you, good sir. Good luck, and let's hope for 600 next week. Thanks. Go dogs. No, See, so, got, so, got go dogs well, there. Huh? I was prepared. I was going to be like, I'm going to let this run long now. <laughs> but like, well, so many times after the thank you, it just, we get like, not the awkward, but that's usually when like, we usually start shaking hands, all that stuff. <sighs> yeah. I just dropped the ball. You did. Coach you did. And uh, coach Palm will let you know about it. I'm sure. Well, so here's the thing. We just got to get, have to keep getting coach Palm on right, so yeah. that I can, that I, so I can get his rhythm. I can get used to his rhythm and I'll, I'll, I'll be better next time. All right, so thanks to Coach Palm and Coach Wolber for joining us after the victory over Penn Manor. It was great to talk to them. Don't get to talk to them as often as we'd like to. Uh, we will make it a point to hopefully grab some of the players next week. It's been a while now. I don't like it, but it's just so much stuff. Again, and it was a weird scenario games. like because they all uh, stood around and watched the game or the band play, but then they – they went in to the locker room right after that. Right. Like, so it, yeah, it was just different. We'll get to it. Yep. We'll, we'll talk to them, grab, grab a few guys we haven't heard from in a while or heard from at all. That'd be fun. All right. So that's it for Penn Manor in 2023. We're on to game nine, which is down in Lancaster to take on the JP McCaskey Red Tornado, a longtime rival of the Bulldogs. Haven't exactly been hasn't exactly been like the nineties were in the, or the early two thousands in the McCaskey Wilson rivalry or, or the late eighties for that matter. Everyone probably remembers the Saturday morning miracle at McCaskey with uh, Collins to Bradburn in 1989. That's the one that comes up most, but those uh, Saturday morning games, I know uh, coach, coach Slemmer was not a fan. <laughs> was not a fan. I don't think really anyone is Saturday morning football games. Uh, high school football is meant for Friday nights under the lights and that's what we'll be doing on Friday in Lancaster to take on McCaskey, who is. I'm just thinking of uh, Paul's tweet today asking if they could construct a dome over uh, the field that I'm missing for today. Oh, uh, yeah. Still playing on, on grass. Probably got beat up a little bit today. Uh, but the A-field was re renamed for Coach Bob Wolfram. Oh, Bob that's awesome. That's awesome. Today, so that, um, Deservedly so. That was, that was happening over there in, in the rain, unfortunately for them, which it was a, a nicer day. So the Tornado uh, have won two games this year. They lost the season over to John Bartram, which is the only team they beat last year. So weren't sure if they were going to get any wins this year or not. But they were able to beat in convincing fashion in week two, Elizabethtown on the road, 40 to 13. They then lost four in a row to Cedar Cliff, who I think is, has only one loss to Bishop McDevitt. They lost to Hempfield. They lost to Plymouth White Marsh and they lost to Manheim Township before beating Reading in overtime. So that's a tough four game city school versus there. city school, 34 to 28 in overtime over the red Knights. But then this past week on Friday, the 13th, they went to South Lebanon to take on Cedar Crest and lost 48 to six. So they are two and six hosting the Bulldogs this Friday. Ben Thompson in his third season as head coach, he's, uh, was three and 17 before this season. So he's up to a five and 23. Now, uh, he really inherited 
a difficult situation when he was thrust into the job right before the 2021 season began as the uh, other coach yeah. resigned in August, I think right before or de- like maybe during week, heat I acclimation. It was the week before heat act. Was like it the, the week before I feel like heat it was act. like midweek before heat act. So coach Thompson and the red tornado are running a spread offense with a base defense in the three, four, they have a returning young quarterback in Jalen Cintron. He was the guy entering the season, and he is the guy so far this year in eight games. He's completed 86 passes for over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. He does have seven interceptions, but he is getting the job done uh, offensively for the Red Tornado. On the ground, speedster Steven Lavender Gray, 107 attempts, 563 yards, one touchdown. And Josh Morales-Manzan, 366 yards and three touchdowns on the ground for them. Those are, the, by and large, the guys who uh, see the most time in the backfield. Uh, quarterback Cintron also can carry the ball 45 times for 40 yards. Obviously, he's impacted anytime he gets sacked, takes away yeah. from his rushing total. So that uh, that doesn't show the whole picture, his rushing yardage. Uh, as he is a dynamic athlete back there, but has been able to do things with his arm uh, this year. We didn't see him at quarterback last year as a freshman, uh, but he was in that rotation. He may have been injured for that for our game with them. I feel like he was because uh, they not they went sure. with the other four year off and on starter, which right now his name is escaping me. Uh, but he was he felt like I felt, he's another guy that was like has he even been there for like seven years? Huh. And I can't. He was a big dude, very very big yeah. dude. Could could toss the ball. And um, we saw that at Gursky last year. Uh, receiving wise, Cintron's favorite target is Quimek Talton. Thirty two reception. Thirty two receptions. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Yes, uh, through eight games and then uh, twenty three and twenty two. Yeah, so they've been tossing the the rock. Well, often I think in their I think spread. If you go to the well, I know you were referencing it earlier, but if you go to the pre uh, the preview stuff, the coach made no qualms about it. He's like, we're gonna we're gonna throw the chuck rock. it around, yeah. right? Yeah, a little bit different than the eighties and nineties I was talking about, right? But Talton thirty two receptions, four hundred twenty eight yards, eight touchdowns. So he's a guy that yeah that uh that defensive backfield for the Bulldogs are going to have to keep an eye on. But DeAndre Jones, second up there, 23 receptions, 400 yards, five touchdowns for him. And then the running back, Morales Monzon, 22 receptions for 231 yards and three touchdowns as well. So they got some weapons. They've been airing it out. That's where they've been getting their points um, so far this season. We mentioned it in the interviews, but the win over Penn Manor was number 599 for the Wilson football program. Going to McCaskey with the possibility of winning number 600 there, which would be identical to the way we got to 500, which happened in Lancaster uh, end of September 2013, just over a decade ago. The Bulldogs traveled. Were were you at that game? I was at that game. I was at that game too. Yeah. The Bulldogs traveled there. At 499, looking for 500 and got it. So we hope many of you can travel to Lancaster this coming Friday, October 20th, seven o'clock kickoff. Bulldogs, Red Tornado, Wilson looking for win seven on the year, win 600 all time for the program. And, uh, well, I guess win number six last night just means that the winning season that's, streak that's what continues. I was, that was what I was just going to say to you. So we're at 60 consecutive seasons of non-losing football, which what is non-losing? It means you've won. I had to have this conversation with right? Austin last you night. Won He's like, what does that mean? As many as you lost or more than you lost. Right. So I, and gen- generally, more often than not, a high school season is 10 games. So there were a few years there where there were 11 and then you get more once the playoffs came to be. But if you're five and five in the regular season, unless you make the playoffs at five and five and lose, once you get to five wins, that's kind of the point where you're like, all right, we're not gonna have we're gonna have a five hundred. There season were some or years where that could have happened back when they were doing the 16 when they had sixteen teams. teams but, but at at eight teams, it, that's not gonna happen. Well, Wilson hasn't been close to finishing by to, at five hundred since two thousand and one. Yeah. Now there were we, there have been years that we've been seven and three a, a few over the last few years right. we've seen it happen but that seven and three just feels so much better than six and four oh yeah so getting to this this seven win mark next week makes things feel a lot better with one game to go right so Wilson and at it five, would be seven in a row seven in a row yeah qu- quite the streak S- seven 
uh, excuse me, 599 wins going for 600, 60 straight non-losing seasons, but the win last night to get to six and two on the year clinches a winning season for certain. Because even if Wilson would lose to McCaskey Township, make the playoffs and lose, it'd still be sitting at six and five, which is a winning season overall. And that is the 48th straight winning season for the program, which I believe both are state records. Yes. The 60 consecutive non-losing season is extending Wilson's current state record. They surpassed, I think it was Ridley in the possibly the COVID shortened 2020 I, season. I think they finished. I don't oh, you know, know if it was that one. I thought it was the right. year it's, after. Well, it's that. the, it's the, no, it, it was the COVID shortened season because okay, they okay. only played six games, Okay, but they went three and three. So if it was the non-losing streak, right. that would still be going. So it must've been the winning streak. So Wilson's 48 straight consecutive winning seasons is extending their own state record, our own state record, surpassing Ridley's who's ended a few years ago when they went three and three. I don't know what the non-losing streak record in the state is. I'm not sure if that's how to, how to find that out. The Ridley one is what I always heard about. And I believe that is the winning, winning season record. That was the one that we had been chasing. But. Well, because one year, didn't they start out like one in four or something like that? And, and then, then storm back and, and they finish. storm back and they may, might've won their first round in the districts. I feel like one year it was in question. Well, I think they were, and like they won their I think district. They were matchup. five and five and made it yes. to the playoffs. And I, they were but like they the, made it as the 16 15 seed, or 16 seed. And, and they upset and they like up, North Penn or something some, like that in the first round. Yes. Yeah. You're right. I do remember that. So, yep. That's uh, so. That's what's happening. I know. I, I I feel like some people think it's ridiculous that we talk about that. But when if you sit there and go, it's just absurd. well, you know, I posted it because I made the graphic about sixty straight. The last time Wilson finished the season with a losing record was nineteen sixty three. The last game was a big blowout loss to rival Governor Mifflin in Reading at Municipal Stadium. The Bulldogs finished 1-8-1. One, one. It was November 15th, 1963. John F. Kennedy was still the president. Now, it was only for one more week, unfortunately. But John JFK was the president the last time Wilson had a losing season. Hopefully, that kind of brings it more to the forefront of how long this has been happening. And it's tough to do. You see it all the time. Generally speaking, even the best of the best have a down year here and there. Right. But a down year from for Wilson is people like t- my my junior year two thousand one when we went six and four people were freaking out six and four there are teams that celebrate when they get to five hundred I mean there are great programs like look at well, look at the way Manheim Township is playing right now they're yeah. one of the top teams in District Three Six A right. you go back fifteen years they were having losing seasons they were having losing seasons about ten years ago right. it takes time to build a program it takes it's even harder to stay on top. And Wilson has done that now for six decades. Right. Six decades. The, the program is only, this is only the 79th season. Right. 60 of, the last 60 of them have finished with a non-losing record. And there were some the first 19 years as well. Not very many. Things changed when John Gursky came. Because this all started with his first season. Back-to-back right. seasons, he went five and five. It's it's bonkers to think about. It, it really is. So hopefully... People in the within the program and in the in the, the community, the fandom appreciate it, and hopefully people take notice of it outside. Yeah, I think yeah. I think plenty do. It, it's been written about plenty of times before by the Red and Eagle, and specifically Mike Drago. And uh, you know, it's been mentioned quite often about the uh, just the staying power that the, the right. program has. So, and we could t- have an entire episode about why that is, but we're already running past time now, so we're going to wrap things up. All right, Justin, anything to say before we uh, head out of here until next Sunday? Um, I don't think so. But, you know, like like you said, let's uh, really work on uh, fine-tuning things here, get it, getting all, you know, firing on all cylinders, all, all those cliches. Um, but let, let's let's get that going, get the 600th win, um, and, and really start to establish uh, what we're going to need for two weeks from now, um, which will be its own animal. And honestly – after this coming week, every remaining week will will be uh, as big as it gets, right? Like yeah. that's 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 what yep. it's going to be. So. Take care of business in week nine. Get the win over McCaskey. Yeah. Get the seven and two, seven in a row. Win six hundred in program history. Right. Come back home for senior night. Green out. 
and a huge section one showdown with Mannheim Township, who has become your league rival over the last, yeah. you know, yep. ten, about about the last decade, yeah, close like, to it. But let's handle our business this week. And, yes, and yeah, because that game that game deserves all all the attention it's it's going to get. But we and need we'll to hold up our end of the bargain to get there. Plenty of it next Sunday on the show yeah. with Mike Drago and Jeff Reiner. Pulling out the big guns. So I had pulled up the the power ratings, but we don't need to talk about them now. There's still a lot of games we play, but we maybe we'll bring them up next week because we'll be talking about a whole variety right, of right. things. But it, like if you pull them up now, you're going to be like, oh, you know, Wilson, I think they were, we were up to five. Right. <sighs> I, I guarantee you there are games that haven't been entered yet. There's one. Chambersburg was not up to okay, date. Okay. Unless they didn't play. I don't know, right. but I doubt it. Mid pen team, almost pointless to look at them now right. because right. there's too many games left to be played. But we can go over predictions, and maybe that's something we'll do next week. Possibly, since every team will have played nine games, the picture will be clearer. But there's the so many time, key ways, and, and we're gonna have well, to, we're gonna have guests on well, next week. So well, I don't and know. Central York and York William Penn are playing each other. Central yeah. Dolphin and Harrisburg are playing. Like we talked about the LL. Top right, to bottom, right. big Week 10 games. There's so many huge week games in the York League and the Mid-Penn League right. that will impact the, the power ratings at the 6A level. Right. So huge games. I don't know if we'll talk about the Just York or Mid-Penn games, but... Tangentially, tangentially, uh, well, um, I thought Cheltenham has won the last two weeks, which that, is... That's huge that, for that's us. That's good for that's us. That's a big, yeah. big one for us. If they could win their next two, that would be huge. Yes, yes, that helps us. Every time our opponents win... Is a good thing right. for us. There's non non conference, especially the non conference, because the conference ones, Roman Catholic, one you lose, you Central win. Dolphin, Cheltenham, right. Mifflin, we, right? Those teams are better. It looks better for us and helps directly in the power ratings. So, all right. Well, I think that's it for us here at the Bulldog Hour this week. Thanks for watching episode 13 of season nine. Justin and I will be back with guest Mike Drago and Jeff Reinhardt next Sunday, October 22nd at 8:30. And you can find us across our social media platforms. But that's it. Thanks again to the coaches for the interviews. Uh, for Justin Raffoff and the entire Wilson football program, I'm Joe Mays. And until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hours, a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.